Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. This evening's scripture reading will be from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A three-fold cord is not quickly broken. Good evening, everyone. It's always a pleasure uh, to get to worship with the West Huntsville family. And I uh, certainly want to thank the, uh, the eldership for the emphasis that they put on training up our youth and uh, the opportunity that they have given me to work with the youth and to, and to speak tonight. Uh, I am going to be speaking directly to our young people. So old folks, you're just along for the ride tonight. Um, but I hope that we can all be encouraged uh, by our study of, of the word. And that is, that is our goal, uh, to be encouraged. Uh, you know, we, we, we are celebrating all of our various graduates tonight, but, um, as, uh, as Rodney mentioned, so, uh, so well in his prayer that, uh, that our high school graduation always tends to hit a little bit differently. Um, and we certainly want to encourage encourage these students. Um, it is this time of year where um, usually I am I, I am accustomed to giving kind of end of year speeches, uh, as it were. I know uh, we have a, we have a band banquet at school where I, I I talk to everyone and kind of recap the end of the year and give a message to our seniors and things like that. But this is not just uh, an end of the year speech. I hope again that uh, as we as we look at the word and we can all be encouraged uh by the uh, by the scriptures as we kind of help to uh, to launch these graduates into into the next phase so there are so many important things that uh that I would like to say given the opportunity um about what what is coming for the graduates so there's so many things that uh, that that I could that I could warn you about there are so many things that I could tell you to watch out for and things like that but nothing is more important than I think knowing what you're looking for when you do leave home you're going to be in new environments you're going to be meeting lots of new people there are going to be new relationships formed and all of those things but no matter where you go I want you to remember one thing I want you to always find your people. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. I want you to find your people. Um, years ago, I had the, uh, the, the incredible opportunity to go to Kharkov uh, a couple of times, actually, with, uh, with the West Huntsville Mission Team. And the first Sunday that we were there, um, it hit me that I was <clears throat> 5,619 miles away from Huntsville. Um, and it hit me that 5,000 miles away, I was worshiping the same way that I would have been worshiping had I been at home. 
And the only difference, the only difference was I had no idea what was being spoken <laughs> because, of, because of the language. Thankfully, we had, a, uh, we, had a, we had a wonderful translator. But I realized it hit me that, that even though the language was different, that was, very, that was pretty much the only difference, that I was with my people, right? That I had, I had only met a few days in advance, right? Um, but I was worshiping and I was fellowshipping with my people. So what I want to do tonight is I want to give you six characteristics of your people uh, for, you to, for you to look for. Um, and, you know, of course, this is not an exhaustive list. And I know, I know your families would, would probably add to this list and things like that. But hopefully, hopefully these six things will give you a, a better handle on what to look for no matter where you go. And I hope this encourages all of us whether it's you know, graduating from high school to college, going to a college campus, being moved by our jobs, whatever it is, I know that many people in this room appreciate the relationships that they have with their spiritual family. And a lot of times our spiritual family presents stronger relationships than our, than our physical family. Right. So what I want you to do is I want you to always look for and find your people wherever you go. So number one, your people are people that talk openly about their faith and their desire to go to heaven, right? Okay, It should be just a regular thing, a regular occurrence. It shouldn't feel awkward. It shouldn't feel rare. It shouldn't feel out of the ordinary that talking about their faith and their desire to please the Lord and their desire to go to heaven should be just part of who they are, right? Psalm 34, beginning in verse 1, says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Your people are people that talk like that. Your people are people that use the language of the scriptures. Your people are the people that look back in the scriptures and see those are our spiritual ancestors, right? So your people talk openly about their faith. Number two, your people are people that encourage you to remain faithful and help to hold you accountable. We need those people in our lives. And it may not be comfortable necessarily at the time, but anyone that has ever corrected me to help me grow spiritually has always been appreciated, right? And we need those kind of people. We need, especially when we go into a new environment where, again, faces are new, surroundings are unfamiliar and things like that, we need those relationships to help hold us accountable. Romans 15, beginning in verse 5, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. Notice that it's not just enough to find people with similar interests. It's not, it's not enough to find people that have similar hobbies as you do, to find people that may have the same major as you do or are on the same career path and all that stuff. No, the scriptures tell us to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. Again, it goes back to number one, that their desire is to please the Lord and go to heaven. Romans 5, I'm sorry, Romans 15 verse 6, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? People that are going to help us be consistent in the application of our faith. People are going to, that are going to help us navigate this post-truth world where everyone walks around proclaiming their own truth. People that are going to help us hold to the one truth that the scriptures present and teach very clearly. 
Number three, your people are people that attend worship regularly and are involved where they attend. As we look at this list and as we go through again, I said, you know, these things aren't going to be exhaustive, but hopefully already you realize that it should go without saying that your people are faithful New Testament Christians, right? As far as the relations, the relationships that we are seeking, okay, the friendships that we need, that those accountability partners that we need, okay, where we find those is among faithful New Testament Christians. And those are people Okay, as we're looking for, okay, we're going to find those people attending worship regularly. We're going to find those people assembling for the worship. And not only being, being in attendance, they're going to be involved, right? They're going to be engaged, right? Talked for a, for a long, long time. One of the most important things you can ever do, no matter where you go, is to find a sound congregation with a sound eldership and get involved. It's not enough just to show up, right? But you have to show up to get involved, right? But to be there, to be present, and to be engaged and work alongside. Okay, So within that, these people that attend worship regularly and are involved where they attend, you'll notice for those, it's never an inconvenience. Okay, Attending worship is something that is looked forward to, something that is a given. It's just assumed. It's just assumed that when the Christians are assembling, that's where I'm going to be. It's it's never it's never mentioned with a hub. Oh, and we can't we got worship tonight. I can't go. No, that that's that's not that's not the tone. Where it is deliberately set aside. It is deliberately planned for and scheduled. It is intentional, right? Not and not even it becomes just second nature. Where no one would ever think otherwise. Well, I'm going to be at worship. Why am I going to be at worship? Well, that's where my people are. Why would I not want to be with my people? I need my people. Right? Psalm 122 and verse 1, I know we're familiar with this verse. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Never should be an inconvenience. When you're looking for people to help you get to heaven, because that's what we're about, to help us remain faithful and help us get to heaven, those people attending worship, assembling with the saints, it's never an inconvenience. Because they look forward to worship because they recognize all that God has done for them. Psalm 63, verse 3 and 4, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. You know, we've, we, we've talked about the question, well, do we have to go to worship? Well, I reject that premise. Reject the premise of how that question is phrased. Do I have to? Stop right there. The question is, why would we not want to? Right? Because we recognize how blessed we are and how gracious God has been to us. And didn't we learn, you know, Paul did such a great job with his lesson this morning about forgiveness. How could we not be forgiving, taking into account everything that we have been forgiven of? How could we not rush to the doors being opened of where our people are because of how blessed uh, how, how blessed God has allowed us to, to be and because of the, of the blessings that he, that he has given us? So, it's not, not only is it not an inconvenience to assemble with the saints, we look forward, we look forward to assembling with our people, those that are like-minded worshiping according to the scriptures. And like we said, they aren't just present, but they're engaged. They're not showing up just to make sure their attendance is counted, right? They're showing up to worship, they're showing up to build those relationships, and they're showing up to work, they're showing up to serve, 
right? 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, right? We should be active and we should be involved and we should be looking for ways to work alongside our brothers and sisters, right? Knowing, ending that verse, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord, right? You've heard me say many times, and I know, I know the young people, when I start it, they can finish it, at least it will be on the test in a minute, okay? You will never regret a decision that draws you closer to God. The work that you do for the Lord will not be in vain, right? And those, the people that enjoy working for the Lord, the people that enjoy working with their brothers and sisters in Christ, those are the people that we need in our lives. Those are the people that I want you to look out for and search for no matter where you go. Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. Titus three fourteen. And let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. Again, it's not just about attending. Yes, we need to attend. We need to be faithful in our attendance, but we need to be involved. Okay, Those that are looking for how can I serve, what can I do to help my brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and in that helping, in those working relationships, we get, we get the benefit, again, of being surrounded by people of like mind. Number four, what you're looking for when you're trying to find your people are people that you can enjoy being around without having to worry about what your family or your elders might think of those people, right? I know in the West Huntsville family, you have, you have parents, you have elders that are always concerned about your soul, right? And we cannot allow ourselves to be deceived because 1 Corinthians 15.33, I know is familiar to us. 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Okay, We, we, we always kind of hinge on evil company corrupts good habits, as we should. But those first four words are really, really important. Don't kid yourself. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you can hang out with the wrong people and still be the type of person that God wants you to be. Right, But continuing on, awake to righteousness and do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. Not everyone you come in contact with is going to care about your soul. Not everyone that you come in contact with is going to prioritize faithfulness as the scriptures teach. Okay, so we have to make sure that we can't fool ourselves and allow ourselves to be deceived. And well, I can, you know, I can do this and I can do this. Your people. The people that are going to help you get to heaven are people of like mind, again, according to Jesus Christ, of people that your elders and your family, no matter where you are, would be proud to know and would be encouraging you to build those relationships with. Second Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5, But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And we go through, these, we go through this passage, and there's, there's, there's heavy things here. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And let's stop right there. All of those things seem pretty easy to recognize, Right? Like, well, yeah, I mean, I, like, I'm, I'm not going to associate with those people. That's, that's kind of a no-brainer. But we don't stop there. Look, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. 
and from such people turn away. Right? You will know them by their fruits. What we're talking about, what we're talking about, how to find, how to find our people, all of these things that I hope we can be, be encouraged by, we have to look at the fruits of, of these people. Right? Are we, are we discerning according to the scriptures? Are we discerning and really looking at, or is it just a form? In other words, is it just a front? Is it just for external, um, external approval? And then I'm going to live however I want to as long as I can, as long as I can make people think that I'm checking the boxes that I'm okay? Or is it genuine? Is it sincere? Is it true? Right? That's what we're, that's what we're looking for. Because again, uh, Paul writing to Timothy here, from such people turn away. Don't have anything to do with these people. Because again, do not be deceived. Evil companionship will corrupt good morals. Don't fool yourself into thinking, into thinking otherwise. Number five. Who you're looking for are people that resist the urge to talk about others and their faults, right? And it's so, so easy. It's almost, it's almost just uh, our, our human nature to go to the, the faults of others. Because the more time we can focus someone else's attention on someone else's faults, the less time people have to look at our own faults, right? So it's, a, it, it's our own kind of individual power struggle. Right, that I'm grasping for power and I can get, I can get, I can feel better about myself if I put more attention on other people. Those are not, those are not your people. Right? Proverbs 10, 19, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Proverbs 11, 9, the hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge the righteous will be delivered. Right? And we can see our people. Right? When you're trying to find your people, are you looking for the hypocrite? No, nobody likes a hypocrite. Nobody, no, nobody, nobody appreciates someone who says one thing and then does another. Right? Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. Think about, again, the speech. What kind of conversations, what kind of conversations are being had among your people, right? Or among the, or among the, the types of people that you're going to come in contact with. Are they quick to settle in on the faults of others? Are they quick to go to the negative? Are they quick to go to and, you know, to go to the gossip or to go to the, the hot controversy or all of those things? Or are they genuinely trying to seek and help people, right? And bear one another's burdens, right? Number six. People, your people, are not the people that are overly fond of worldly things and concerns. Now, we all have hobbies. We all have things that we like. We all have things that we enjoy, whether it's, you know, well, whatever. Okay, we've all, we've all got things, okay? But... Are those things in their proper order? Okay. Do your people, do your, do your, the people in your circle, right? And Jonathan Zerpolo, you know, a couple of weeks ago talked a lot about our circle and how important it was to establish the, a healthy circle. And, you know, all the, all the time I had already, I had already started formulating this lesson and I just about decided that I was just going to replay his lesson because it was so good, right? Um, but our, our circle, our circle matters, right? 
And again, you're going to find people, especially, you know, high school graduates, whatever, you know, whether we're going into, whether we're going to college or whether we're going into the workforce or, or wherever we're, we're going to find people with like interests, whether it's, you know, the same major, the same hobbies, all of those things may not be bad in and of themselves, but are they in the proper order, right? Mark 4, when Jesus is explaining the parable of the sower, Mark 4, verse 18, Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Again, there are going to be hobbies. There are going to be things that you're super interested in. There are going to be things that you are passionate about, right? But we have to keep those in the proper order. We need people to help us keep those things in the proper order. And if we're surrounding ourselves with people that have their priorities not according to the Scriptures, that's not going to help us do the same thing. Okay? Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 10 we know Solomon, uh, you know, Solomon given, given divine wisdom, he and, you know, the richest man that, that, that ever lived and, you know, all of those things had, had the resources to deny himself nothing, right? Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 10, and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept from my heart no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was, re- this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and a striving after the wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. All of those interests, right? All of those hobbies, all of those uh, pursuits of what your, you know, what your life is going to be, this profession and that profession and all those things, okay? They may not be bad in and of themselves, but are we chasing heaven? Are we pursuing faithfulness? Okay, and is our first and foremost goal to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Because if we don't hear that, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. We have to pursue heaven, pursue righteousness, and to get there, we've got to have our priorities in the proper order. And we need to find those people that can help us do that. Right. So again, we we li- we listen to conversations, and we you know how do they how do they talk about how do they talk about the scriptures? How do they talk about heaven? How do they talk about the the how do they talk about assembling with the saints? Right. How do they talk about other people? How do they talk about their own interests? Right. Is 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 heaven real? And are they serious about serving the King Jesus Christ, or is it just that's just that's just what I do on Sundays, right? How serious, how serious are we? And how serious are those people about going to heaven and helping us get to heaven, right? So these six things, I hope, will help us and help you to look for and find your people. But, but we have to understand that we have the responsibility to be someone else's people, right? Because when we go somewhere, someone else is going to be looking for their people as well. And how are we representing Christ? What are we representing about our own faith and about our own pursuit of heaven? So, you know, make sure that you can be found being God's people, right? Galatians 6, verses 9 and 10, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. There may be a time in your life where you feel like your people cannot be found physically, right? 
You may be you may be in a place. You may find yourself in a place at a, at a point in your life where there may not there may not be a lot of a lot of congregations around. You know where you know this area this area of the country is very very different. There are parts of there are parts of the, there are parts of this country you may find yourself in for school or employment or whatever, and the church is practically non-existent, right? But we still have a responsibility to be. God's people, because someone, someone needs that. Just like we need the encouragement of God's people, we need to be able to give that encouragement as well. Philippians 2, verses 3 through 4, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. You know, I've heard it, I've heard it put this way. The, you know, when we look at, and I know we all appreciate and love the relationship between Paul and Timothy, right? We all need a Paul in our lives, right? We all need someone to challenge us and exhort us and admonish us when we need it and encourage us, okay? But we also need to be a Paul for someone. There is someone out there that needs us to be that Paul, that mentor, that accountability partner, all of those things, okay? So all of these things, these six things that we've looked at about how to find your people, right? All of these things should be true about us as well. That when, when other people are looking for their spiritual family, they can see us and say, that's my people. That's my people. You know, when Jesus first sent out the apostles to teach and heal in his name, how did he send them out? You remember? Send them out in pairs. Okay? He didn't send them out by himself, by themselves. Because he knew, he knew that companionship, right, and especially friendship and companionship built on a shared love of the truth and a shared love of faithfulness to him was the most important relationship they could have. Jesus knew the power of companionship. And again, as we, as was read by Samuel earlier in Ecclesiastes, you know, chapter four, verse nine through twelve, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. We need these relationships, right? And aren't we thankful that God designed his church the way he did, right? So that we can be with our people. And that it's not a solitary, it's not, it's not a life of solitude. It's not a solitary, a solitary effort. We can do this, we can do this together, and we should do this together. You know, and even, and, and Jesus understood this. You know, think about when he was tested in the wilderness, Matthew 4, and when he was struggling in the garden the night before he uh, was crucified, right? Angels came and ministered to him in both of those situations. Have you ever considered that those angels would have been familiar faces to him? Right? He was encouraged and ministered to, in a sense, by his people. Right? Because people from home, familiar faces, he would have recognized. So imagine, imagine looking, him looking up in the garden and seeing a familiar face of the angel ministering. We need that encouragement. We need those relationships, right? But we have to make sure that those relationships are found in the Lord. We need our people, right? No matter where we go and no matter how old we get. I know this is kind of designed to encourage our, our young people. But again, we can't fool ourselves. We all, we all need our people. No matter where we go, no matter how old we are, no matter where we find ourselves, we need our people. We need our people to help us stay on the right path. We need our people to stay, help us to stay focused on what truly matters and to encourage us when the way gets hard. 
right? There are times in our lives when we will be in that new environment, okay? And it's time for us to build new relationships. And I hope, I hope, especially our young people, I hope that no matter where you go, you will always seek to build those relationships with your people. And your people are the people of the Lord. Your people are the faithful Christians, because that's who's going to help us get to heaven, right? So I appreciate you listening. I appreciate your time tonight. I wonder if there's someone here this evening who has realized that's who I need to be. I have not done that yet. I have not done what the scriptures have instructed me to do on how to be a member of God's people, God's family, the New Testament church that we, that we read about in the scriptures. If there's someone here tonight that has realized that's what I need to do, there's no other, no better opportunity than to uh, come forward tonight, uh, obey the gospel, okay? confess Jesus Christ as the Son of God, repent of your sins, be baptized in water for the remission of your sins. Or if someone has realized, you know what, I, I'm, I'm no longer, I, I, I feel like I've, I've strayed because of my actions. I have become inconsistent with who God has desired me to be, to be his people. Please come. If you have a need to, if you have a need to respond to the Lord's invitation in any way, please come tonight while we stand and while we sing. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Or if you prefer, send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.